Yo, Warriors. Welcome back. My name is Rob Wong. What up? I'm Scott Pagliaccio, and it's super good to be back after uh, a week off. Rob is doing some traveling, and uh, we're back, man, with a, with a pretty spicy, juicy, relevant, important, fun, messy topic to talk about, man. What do you think, Rob? Well, I don't know if it's fucking arrogance on my part, but like every time we do a podcast, it always feels like all of those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's life, right? It's all the things all at once. There's all yeah. that shit going on. And I, I would think we have the messiest and the juiciest of the things happening here and now on this podcast. They were talking about how do you know if you've picked the right person? So... You're seeking a life partner or someone to marry or just someone to be with long term that won't reject your ass. But how do you know? And how do you how do you decide? Is it a choice? Are there guidelines? And yeah, man, I want to I want to hear you've been you've done this dance a number of times. How do you how do you decide? Um, now it would be way different than then. Um, my first marriage, uh, I got my then girlfriend pregnant. So it was like, um, we literally went on one date. I remember we went to see, I was living in Dallas. We went down to lower Greenville and I saw her at a, at a, at a club, um, had a friend of a friend who knew her. We went out on one date. Next thing I know, she comes back to my house after the date. We, you know, we went out to see this acoustic set in, in Dallas and it was great, man. We went back to my house and she never left like that from that day forward. We pretty much lived together and, um, yeah, um, practiced having babies. <laughs> and to all the listeners, let me just tell you that um, the pull-out method does not work 100% of the time. <laughs> so we intended on having children because we didn't do anything to um, to uh, to <laughs> not do that. So... <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, if you don't use protection and you're, you know, whatever, you're just kind of winging it. Like to me, I think, you know, I've heard people say this. Oh, it, it was, uh, it was a mistake or it wasn't planned. And I'm like, or it was an accident. I'm like, what do you mean? You tripped and fell and your dick went inside of her and you came in her and then you. It doesn't work like that. If you're not using protection, she's not on the pill. Like I said, the, the pull-out method doesn't work 100 percent of the time. So we were unconsciously but in probably somewhat consciously planning on having children and it was uh really beautiful and really messy um and i it wasn't like i did the dance consciously she was pregnant and i was like my upbringing my can what i was modeled growing up was you know you take responsibility and uh you marry this person uh, mm. Yeah. What do you think would be different about your selection process now? It sounds like before it was entirely unconscious. Things just kind of happened and you got swept up in it and no regrets there. And it sounds like sounds like I'm imagining you would have a slightly different approach this time around. <laughs> yeah, big time, man. It's it's kind of like I I'm when I meet women and have dates, I'm I'm consciously disqualifying them. I know what some of my non-negotiable needs are and looking for red flags, not just um, going into it with my cock. It's not like just purely 
this woman is hot and I want to fuck her because I know what that gets me. Like, <laughs> and what it's <laughs> so it's not doing that anymore. There's, you know, there's so much more that goes into, for me now, it's, it's like, I don't need this person in my life. I want them. When I was first learning how to become more attractive, and I'm going to put that in air quotes, one of the things that they recommended for for guys in general to do was to be more selective about the women that you date. You got to disqualify people in order to appeal, appear desirable. Looking back, I feel like that was kind of uh, putting the cart before the horse. It was pretending to be an attractive man before I was an attractive man, which, you know, is part of the process. But I think I think when I hear you talk about this qualification now, it has me reflect on where did I come from? And it was like, you can't really know how to disqualify women and partners until you've dated around enough to know what does and doesn't work for you. And I feel like that part is like, it becomes crystal clear once you bump into a hard boundary. It's like, fuck no, I'm never doing that shit again. <laughs> Hell yeah, man, absolutely, yeah. Hard fucking boundaries, man. And I didn't have them before. I had no boundaries. I was just... Yeah, like, how how could you, right? Like, it's it, without the experience, without knowing what it would be like, it's kind of like, oh, I might be compatible with this person, and you, and you, you won't know until you try. But, like, what do you what do you look for now? Like, if you had to list out, like, three or four things that you would exclude or include, uh, what would they be? Uh, definitely, like, I think one of my highest priorities is relationship. So is this, does this woman value relationship like in 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 a similar capacity as I do so that like that's that like how how well or how willing is she to work through conflict is this woman willing to see her side of things rather than going into blame you know does she have some skill is she into growth and development and like I said is she willing to see her part like I believe that in a relationship it's 200%. There's 100% on my side and 100% on her side. And if a partner isn't willing to see their side, you know, whether, you know, I don't think it could work. What, what would it look like if she were owning her part? It would, it would be like after the rupture, after the argument, she would come back around and own her part. Hey, Scott, I remember the other day, when we were at dinner, I raised my voice. I, I rolled my eyes at you. I know you don't like that. And that, that was hurtful. Um, and I'm curious if you'll share impact with me on how that made you feel. And then, you know, I'll do that. So she's owning that her behavior had an impact on me. And, she, and then I will also, if I yelled back at her or I raised my voice or I said something ugly or I got up and walked away, I would then come back and say, you know, thank you for, you know, for that. Um, I know that when I get up and walk away, when we're in an argument, it triggers your abandonment issues or whatever the case may be. So that's kind of what it looks like. Both of us owning our part on what we did, what the behavior was that hurt the other person and then coming back around, owning it with that person and then repairing. So if I can do it in the present moment when it's happening, great which is staying in relationship. A lot of times that can't happen, so we need some space. But it's coming back around and owning our behaviors with one another, knowing that it had a potential adverse effect, and then 
coming back into relationship and connection. Like when it comes to traits that I'm looking for in a partner that is at the absolute top of the list. And of course there are other things that I'm looking for. Like how much do I laugh when I'm with this person? Am I physically attracted to this human being? But, but none of these things are as important to me as her willingness and ability to turn towards me after we've had a fight. And, and, and I, I have to acknowledge like this is an uncomfortable thing. It's not easy to do. It's, it, it is inherently painful and we're sort of incentivized to not do it because it's painful. I have to be willing to turn in and, and face my partner and, and apologize, even though I hate apologizing for making mistakes, right? Because it means that I made a mistake and I might get attacked for having made that mistake. But if I am unwilling to do that, and if my partner is unwilling to do that, then we really don't have a relationship. Like any time that we have a conflict, it just drives more of a wedge in between us. Um, and so I've, 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 I've just kind of learned over time that... Um, the relationship cannot exist unless that willingness is there first. So that's one of the first things that I look for. Yeah. Is there anything that you would add in there? Like, I'm, I'm curious. I, I feel like it's, it's a combination of things for me. Like on one hand, there's a school of thought of, I want to find someone that's not triggering for me, or at least not very <laughs> triggering. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I'm, I'm laughing because you you and I both know that that's fucking not going to happen and yeah. less triggering for sure be, with the work that you've done on yourself another human being potentially will be less triggering I'm imagining yeah. totally yeah there's a bit of a grin in the background as I say that because like it's impossible it doesn't matter how good it starts out eventually I'm going to have an off day and then someone's going to say something and it's not going to have the right tone and it's going to be upsetting for me because I haven't taken care of myself or it's going to be legitimately upsetting for me because that person's coming at me with weird energy and they're having an off day like I'm never going to have a completely non-reactive partner but but there's that school of thought where it's like hey if I just change partners enough Eventually, I find someone that isn't triggering at all. And, and I think it's, it's partially true. You will find variants. There will be people that don't rub you the wrong way, even when they are upset. Um, or if they do, it's not very strong. And that happens to be the case with the gal that I'm dating. It's, it's really nice to have that. And at the same time, I think there's also just the need for me to be coming at it from the other side of, oh, I'm triggered. And I'm triggered a lot inside of relationships. How do I dial this down? Um, and as those two begin to meet in the middle, there's like this comfortable bubble of safety that begins to appear. And I, I would say that like, I look for that when I date now, like there's, there's also something, I don't know if you've run into this, Scott, I, I'd be curious. Sometimes I'll have a conversation with a gal and it'll just turn into this weird anxiety echo chamber. Like I'll get a little anxious and then she'll reflect that back and then she'll get anxious and then I'll get more. And, and then sooner or later, it would just feel like a really panicked, like thrashing, drowning conversation, even though the content of that conversation is completely normal and fine. And when I see that, I run. Like I, I, <laughs> I don't get involved anymore because like I've been there and that's that's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to resolve that. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. I'm, I'm running in the other direction, too. Like, I want it to be easy. Yeah, I'm, I'm not... No. <laughs> well, thank you. Like, if, if that's what the interaction is like, like, that's just a sign of a sign of things to come. So, like, who can I... It, how do I feel when I'm in relationship with this person and around them? And it, am I calm and connected? And Yeah, for sure. Get that. Yeah, 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 yeah. There, there is that element of like safety. Like, am I attracted to this person, but also grounded when I'm around them rather than just like freaking the fuck out internally? Because it's like, I feel like I'm worthy, unworthy, right? Or they're too attractive for me. And yeah. when that happens, like, that's that's a doomed relationship. I can't recalibrate my nervous system quickly enough over to the other side to make up for like all the bizarro behaviors that that causes. Um, so yeah, man, I, I, I would say that's kind of at the top of my list. Like there's this internal mechanism inside of me that when I, I can look at a person, a woman and know that physically, or maybe even that they're, a, they're, they're a match. Like I can scan. It's almost like the, I have a, this in this built in scanner and I can see a woman and qualify her like something before I even have an interaction with them. I'm like, oh yeah, definitely. And then, but then going deeper, I think to to qualify or to be like a hell yes, um, you know, the physical part is important. I, that's the first thing I see. And then, like, are they kind? Are they compassionate? Are they what else? Like, yeah, are they are they on the growth path? Are they willing to learn about themselves? Do they have solid friends in their lives that they have relationships with that they can um, be with and be seen by? It's almost like when I hear all of these answers, it's like sort of representative of someone who's kind of got it together. Like they're not struggling to survive, right? They have a established friend circle. They're looking yeah. to grow. Um, I would even add in for myself that I'm looking for someone who's like, kind of vibing on the level of joy for the most part and yeah yeah same same for you yeah it's like super like somebody who's upbeat and positive but not a victim that, that's like a big deal like somebody who's always complaining and um like feels like a victim and the world's done them wrong and it's a shithole life is a shit show like i'm fucking running in the other direction now like somebody who's in a space of, of joy and abundance and success. And, and I know that that is not a, a place where I stay that flow state all of the time, but that's like today I, I took my headphones out at the gym just to speak to your question about joy. And I was like, I don't want to listen to music, man. I, I, I want to feel in my body what it's like to be present right now and what's going on. And I just noticed this big smile come over my face, man. And I was like, and then the sensation in my body, I'm like, what is that? And I just sat with it for a while and I looked up at the ceiling and I, I breathed and I'm like, that's joy. And I just stayed with it. So somebody who has access to that, like understands that, that that's almost like the baseline. Like that's, you know, and I also know that, you know, there all the other stuff comes up too, you know, the sadness and depression and, like that's normal to, as a human being, but to to be in a space of 
like, holy fuck, man, I can feel joy. And I'm not like, life isn't really a shit show. This is pretty awesome. Yeah, man. Like, like for me, there is, there is sort of like the pretending to be joyful. Like, even though I'm hurting inside, I'm going to say that I'm doing fine or that it's all good. And then I'm going to try to fight that battle on my own. And then there's sort of like what you're, you're talking about, right? Where they're like tapped in and embodied in joy and they know how to get there whenever they want. Um, and that's, I, I will say that that's like sort of one of the top things that I'm looking for. Physical attraction is definitely up there, but like if they're hot but miserable, um, I'm going to be dealing with that miserable all the time and i'm not a particularly happy person all the time <laughs> like i think <laughs> i think yeah. yeah yeah like i might be 60 40 or 65 like 35 or whatever but but like it's almost like i know that people need to take their own journey and sometimes we have a hard fucking time like we're going through the the pits of despair and there was a time in my life where I was looking to be that person to rescue and save them. I had the ability, the time, the energy. I knew how to do it. Um, but I've kind of hit this point where it's like, I know that I don't need to anymore. And just because she's struggling doesn't mean that I need to dedicate all of my time to making sure that she's feeling better in order for me to be okay. Um, and and yeah, it, I I think there's, for me, it was beginning to understand that, and then seeking out people who were, who were past that point, got stable, enjoyed their lives, and that were excited about relationships, that were ready to be in a committed relationship, um, rather than sort of instinctively pulling back and pulling away and disappearing, um, and once I started dating like that. Uh, I met I met the gal that I'm dating right now, and it's it's looking like it's going to be like she she's shaping up to be my life partner. That's how it looks right now. Um, feels weird saying that on. I I know she listens to this podcast, so like I hope I'm not <laughs> jumping the guns, but like, <laughs> yeah, that's hey man, that's awesome. That, like we were talking about that beforehand. There were, and, and some other things. So it's it it's really nice to like hear you say that on the podcast too. Like we've been through a lot together, you and I. Um, so there's a lot of exciting things to come. Fucking A, man. And, and I like what you said about like, as you started to get clear about what you wanted and needed inside of a relationship. And as you changed yourself and you started to attract the person because you were the person, you know, like, oh man, I'm not doing this. I learned over the years, you've learned over the years about what doesn't work for you. Now you're in this space of joy and, and now you're like, I have to have someone who can vibe in the same way that I do. Um, and I'm not going to accept anything less than that. And that's, that's awesome. You, you've met your match. <laughs> like what a great thing, man. Like what a great thing. And, and it, it's exciting. It's exciting for me over here. It's probably one of the most beautiful experiences I've had being a, a husband and a father. And um, yeah, I, I'm excited for you to take the journey man. when you're ready, of course. Yeah, I I appreciate that, man. Like, 
I, I can feel in my body that like, oh, might be cool to have a kid with this person. It's, and it, it comes up like I'm talking with, I mean, I've been on that train for a while, but like I'm talking with people about what it's like to be a dad. How do you raise a kid? Um, I'm thinking about what it would be like to move in with her and how do I adjust to make room for that in my life? And, and for me, that's kind of like been one of the green flags. It's like, ah, something about me is, is constantly planning and excited to plan around a future with this person. It's not like dread. It's not like, oh, an obligation. It's just like, okay, yeah, yeah, this is, this is where this is headed. It'd be cool to explore that part of life with this person. Well, how does that look? How do we get there? And I, I, I it's tempting to throw that out as just kind of general advice, like that might be a green flag, but I'd be curious about like how that feels for you, dude. Like, is oh, it similar cool. or different? Fuck yeah, I feel it, that feels great, man. Like those are green flags. Like you're consciously, you've met someone. Yeah, and it, it feels really conscious too. Like, yeah, having a kid, buying a house. <laughs> like I, I can do this with this woman. Like. It's not, yeah. you said, I'm not dreading it. Or like, if that would be a fucking red flag, like, I'm on the fence. I don't know. I feel obligated. Should I? Fuck that. No way, man. Like that's, I, I, and you're like, yeah, I can totally do this with this chick, man. For sure. She's dope. We're cool. I'm flowing. She's flowing. Like I, I'm asking other people. I'm doing a little homework. Fucking sounds like a green flag in, in the right direction to me, man. Yeah. Dread? does not sound like a green flag. <laughs> I, would, I would be running. Uh, I feel obligated. I've been with her for so long, but I really don't want to do this, but fuck it, I'll do it anyway. That sounds like a shit show. Dude, yeah, no, that, what you just said, that's exactly what one of my previous relationships was. And I, I, I lack the experience to like, to see it for what it was. It was just like, well, maybe I just need more time. But I was like fucking six years into that relationship, man. And it was just like, I got to shit or get off the pot. Like, but I remember being stuck in that limbo. Like, oh shit. Like, you know, is this something that I need to work through first? Or is it her? Or is it us? And I was kind of just dashing back and forth trying to fix everything. And I, I really I really feel like that was the dynamic that didn't work. Uh, if, if I had to do it over again... I think I probably would have wanted to end that sooner. And, and I want to add too that it's like, it's not her fault. At least in, in my situation, it, it wasn't her fault. It wasn't something that she'd caused. It wasn't 100% over on my side either. But it, I, think, I think what I noticed was I just couldn't get myself settled down. My nervous system was too freaked out and urgent and unresolved the entire time when I was with her. Uh, otherwise, she would have made for a great partner, I think. And I know for a fact that if I had doubled down and just jumped into the deep end with her, it probably would have ended up in a divorce. I felt like she was really deserving of a relationship. I felt like she was a good person. But forcing myself into that situation, eventually I would have snapped and it would have been even uglier because I would have proposed, I would have, I would have made, I would have made myself go through with it. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that was my kind of first marriage, man. And it did end up in divorce and done a lot of self-reflecting. Like it doesn't end well 
especially, and I was, there's a lot here for me. I was thinking about, you know, some people like, oh, let's have a kid. Let's throw a kid in the mix. That'll make it all better. <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, but, but I know people do that, man. Oh, yeah, like, you know, let's, let's just create another human being. And that, you know, no, that isn't, that is definitely not the answer. Um, <laughs> so I, I think what Scott and I both agree that if you're in a position where you're forcing it in a relationship and it feels like you're just kind of like always treading water, always trying not to drown, um, probably that's going to be the character of the entirety of the relationship. Um, at least until something crazy dramatic happens and like change is forced upon you or your partner. Um, man, I feel like I've heard only one example of when a couple like had a baby in order to fix their relationship. Mm. And it actually did work because both of them had to step up and become selfless at that point in time. But I, I do want to name that that's only one example. In every other example that I've heard, it's it's destroyed things because there's like pee and throw up and poop everywhere. No one's getting any sleep. The baby's crying is really disruptive to your nervous system and they're crying all the time. And then they get to the stage where they're telling you no and they're like challenging you to your face about like the basics of like what things are and are not. You've known it. It's like they're arguing with you about gravity and why the sun is the way that it is. And you have to not get. So I think Scott probably has a pretty strong leg to stand on there when he says that having a baby to try to fix your relationship usually ends in disaster. I probably wouldn't recommend it either, just based off of what I've heard. No, and it, it might be you might be great parents, but what's the what's the uh, what's the sex life it is, you know, like I, in my experience, you know, once I, we didn't know how to work with the dynamic, like our relationship was falling apart, like, and we didn't know how to salvage that. But then, you know, we had the children and those were, and I think the kids were kind of used as a shield or, a, or were, were weaponized, man. Um, at least that's how I felt. And that's not cool either. You know, like, the, you know, a woman has a child and of course they love nurture and in you know put all pour all this energy into them and then there's the dynamic of the father feeling you know like left out and how do you work with all that and if if you just think you're going to wing it and you don't have any skill you don't have any self-awareness you, you're not working on the relationship with your partner because uh, i still desired i still desired my wife like i she's she was hot man like i I wanted to fuck her when she was pregnant. I did fuck her when she was pregnant. But I Women are so hot when they're pregnant. Man. And like, I didn't ever want that to end. I really loved and desired my, my wife and thought she was hot. And I wanted us to date still. And things couldn't be salvaged. So we got to a point where I, at least for us, it was past the point of salvaging the relationship. And, you know, we had the children and that was a shit show um, at, at times they we loved them and you know did everything we could but then there was no relationship between um the mom and i so that that got really hard and i felt dropped and all these other things and yeah having children was awesome and it didn't when i hear you speak what i what i'm getting is if my relationship is on the rocks and then i decide to become a parent 
it's it's almost like <clears throat> I'm I'm jumping from one boat to the next. But it doesn't change the fact that that original boat, my relationship, is sinking. It's on the rocks. It's it's having a hard time. And while I might have a great parent relationship with my child, which, I don't know, it's unlikely if I'm constantly fighting with my romantic partner. It's yeah. like, even if so somehow that does work, I still have an awful relationship. And then I'm like a pretty good parent. But like... It seems kind of hollow in, in some ways. It's not it, It's not a waste of time. Certainly being a dad sounds like it was really valuable and fulfilling, but... Not living together was the, like, yeah, the kids can feel that shit, man. Like, they're going to feel the tension in the, in the arguing and all the bullshit, man. It, it, staying in the relationship at that point wasn't the answer. Um, being, you know, I could I could still be a good parent, but... It, yeah, to the detriment of the relationship, you know, like it wasn't, it wasn't a bandaid that helped fix the relationship. It was great that we had these three children, and we fucked them up a little bit, <laughs> and, and 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 I love being a dad, like, and it and it's challenging, and um, like I've used it as an opportunity, a springboard for me to grow and develop and learn about myself. Man, my kids have taught me so fucking much, and their mom, man, like continue to teach me so much about myself and I would have liked, you know, for it to have stayed a cohesive unit. And I feel like maybe there's a story that I have that if we did, then it would have been better and the kids wouldn't have been as impacted, but you know what? I, it happened the way it happened. And I'm grateful looking back. Like I don't have any, I don't have any um, desire to change it. Um, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have learned the lessons that you learned unless those things had blown up in the way that they'd blown up. Yeah, yeah, so things are not just one way. Bad. Things are neutral. Things are neutral, and then we assign, nothing has any meaning until I assign it meaning, and the meaning that I assign it is that I needed to learn some valuable lessons, and I, I have, and I still do, and I still will till the day that I die. Yeah. Huge downloads, man. I, I think... I'm getting four different things here. Okay, so, so the first is, hey, uh, there are general red and green flags, and society has them out there. Scott and I have thrown out a few of them, right? But it doesn't matter what those are if they don't apply to you, and the only way that you're going to learn what your own red and green flags are is by going out there and making some mistakes, by, by dating and, and messing it up. And bouncing back and getting your heart broken and having the full fucking life experience. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I'm hearing is like, it's kind of like, how many degrees of chaos do I want to welcome into my life? If I don't want crazy chaos, then one approach might be, let me see if I can make this relationship work simply at the most basic level. We're sitting next to each other. Is it comfortable? Or is it getting so tense and stressful that I'm getting anxiety? If I can't make it work simply, then adding complexity to the equation will only introduce more chaos. It's neither good nor bad. It's just how much chaos do you want in your life at this point in time? Um, so I don't know. That, that was pretty big, man. I, I don't think I would have gotten to that conclusion unless you and I were here just bouncing ideas back and forth. And I feel really comfortable throwing that out as a blueprint. Get out there. Try some new things. 
date some people, be willing to experience the beauty, the beauty, the chaos, and the pain of what arises. And you will grow towards not only the person that you want to be, but towards the partner that you want to end up with. But it doesn't happen unless you do the practice. And the practice is go out and try to have a relationship. Then, if you want less chaos, then try to make it work at the simplest form that you can. And then introduce more complexity as you step it forward. Yeah, I love that. Take your time. There's no hurry. I, I've, I've always spent like coming hot. Like I'm learning, what I'm learning is to really take my time. Because like for me coming in hot, I noticed I've hurt women in the past where I'm just like all in, like immediately second date, like, ah, right. You know, and they're kind of like vibing, like, yeah, cool. And then I'm like, I pull way back. I'm like, no, I'm coming. I, what the fuck am I doing? And so my like closing comment would be, take your time. There's no hurry. Get to know one another. Don't make sex the basis of your relationship. It does help the relationship, of course, because that's important, of course, both for men and women. And I don't think that that's the cornerstone. It's way more than I ever had imagined. And it's not... It's just a piece of the pie. Like I need a deep heart soul connection and someone who wants to work through conflict because that's inevitable. The shit's going to hit the fucking fan. And is, can this person own their part? Will they be responsible? Will they stay in it with me? Will they work through it? And I think then that done well over time constitutes safety, intimacy, deeper connection, better sex. So I'm learning to circle back to what I started saying is to take my time, not be in a hurry, you know, just stay grounded and calm and enjoy the ride. I think the, the, the thing I'm going to close off with here is kind of springboarding off of what you said. If the ride isn't enjoyable, consider slowing it down like hey i'm burned out swiping all these people on fucking tinder and hinge it feels like i'm not getting anywhere i just come back to an empty inbox every day or i'm swamped with creepy people and i don't know what to do with this this is overwhelming slow the fuck down hey maybe you swipe once or twice on the weekend or whatever you come back when someone messages you um maybe you just start having casual conversations with people that don't need to go anywhere Remove the pressure, take it at a slower pace. And when you begin to take it at a slower pace, at least this is the way it is for me, I notice that it's much easier to enjoy myself because I don't have this fucking pressure to eat the entire elephant all at the same time. It's just, okay, yeah, I'm just working on this toe. This, this, is, this analogy is falling apart really rapidly and I don't want to eat an elephant, but you get the point. So, <laughs> One point at a time, man. Take your time. There's no hurry. An elephant's big. It's, you can't take one bite of an elephant and eat it all at, at, one, at once. So, <laughs> as with dating, you can't slow the fuck down and enjoy the ride, man. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy all of it, man. Like, enjoy how it makes you feel when you meet somebody and what it feels like to connect with them and how it feels when you're with them in the conversation. I think that's the big indicator, man. I didn't used to feel like now it's like I really pay attention to what's going on inside my body. And that then lets me know the direction of the relationship. If it's uncomfortable and 
off that's information to get me to pay attention. And like, like you said, I want it to be, not that it's going to be easy always, but like if it starts out chaotic, guess what? You're look, yeah, you're going to fucking, you're going to, I don't know. It's going to be an elephant. You're going to have to eat it. More <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Chaos is the firmament there. Yeah, that's there's only one direction that's gonna go. But yeah, man, I I think that's it. That's that's just beautiful. I have nothing left to contribute here. So yeah, thank you, warriors, for being here. Thanks for listening, and we hope that you got something out of it today. Yeah, talk to you guys later. <clears throat> Peace. And if you if you did get some benefit, share it with someone. Give us a write us a message. Say you enjoyed the podcast. Share it. Like it. Comment star it try to eat it but one bite at a In time one bite yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah yeah we we always appreciate hearing from you and and sometimes we take those ideas and turn them into future episodes where we answer your questions and thoughts directly so if you want to see your content featured on the next one shoot us a message leave us a comment peace Peace.